When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It is that time again. Thursday night, 7 o'clock, Love Sport Radio. It can only be one thing, the Spurs Fan Show. Right here with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm delighted to say I'm joined in the studio by a very positive trio. Ricky McQueen. Lee McQueen, as you... Ricky McQueen, I've just said. Lee McQueen, Ricky Sachs, and Jason McGovern. We're here for the next two hours. Ricky McQueen. It doesn't suit him, does it? No, he wishes he's a McQueen, mate. It's a strong name, isn't it? I do wish that. Ricky McQueen. Tell you what, if I if I have any more babies and they're boys, I, I won't call him Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could have been nicer there, Rick. Could have been nicer. Delighted to have you all. Jason McGovern, Lee McQueen and Ricky Sachs. The last word on Spurs. This isn't the last word on Spurs because there is two hours to go. And what a win it was last night for Spurs. Beating Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League. And guess what? It was an away win. Amazing. And a, re- and a record way- away win in the Champions League era. Um, and I actually I actually tweeted that yesterday after the game, and I thought to myself, hang on a minute, I, I better check that, <laughs> double check. And it was, of course, uh, Harry Kane scoring a hat-trick against Applewell. Uh, was the last time we scored uh, three with no reply. So to get four away from home with no reply was an absolute brilliant result, wasn't it? Well, it was an absolute brilliant performance. We're going to be talking all about that. Obviously, the game with Sheffield United on the weekend, because that's the one that really matters. But Red Star Belgrade, 9-0 overall aggregate in those two games. Spurs really turning it on there. Wasn't it fantastic to see, Jace, Danny Rose flying down that left and giving that assist? How good was that? Come on. I thought of you straight away. I didn't see any of that, mate. I didn't see it. I saw him give away another stupid foul in the 88th minute and give the ball away 58 times and dive around. But no, they were two two fantastic passes. So um, He gets it, though. 
So, he gets so he it. gets it. Yeah, he gets it. Absolutely. That, that ball, Jason, that was surgical. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> what an assist. Brilliant. I'd, I'd, say I'd give him another 10-year contract. <laughs> Fantastic player. <laughs> back back to his best. <laughs> celebration time. <laughs> 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 celebration time. Yeah, okay, yeah, celebrated. Did you get a twist? Look at that. Saved it like Gazaniga. Free so clean <laughs> sheets there. Get on the ball. Get Gazaniga, the man in. Gazaniga. Free clean sheets. I mean, talk to me. He is Please, I'm going to eat these Yeah, go for it. I mean, uh, Gazaniga, Makaniga, as uh, as we well know, I mean, uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. And I think, you know, for me, you know, people talk about Larissa, and he's still the number one, and that's fair enough, club captain. But, uh, and, and you can only beat who's in front of you and all that all that sort of stuff. But, but look, we, we've been in the doldrums and the doom and gloom for so long. Let's celebrate some good stuff. And, you know, getting the celebrations all over the studio is one thing. Gaz and Eager, two fantastic saves again uh, last night. And, and like I said to the lads uh, just off air, just before we come in, you can't go through all this doom and gloom and have no away win since the Ajax semi-final in the Champions League and expect not to give away any chances. Yes, we gave away a couple of chances, but we kept him out and that's got to be the main thing, isn't it, Rick? I agree, yeah. I think for me it was nice to see a bit of fresh blood enthusiasm in the squad and Giovanni Lo Celso is probably going to be a man that takes a lot of the headlines. I thought he was terrific. Ryan Session coming on in the space of 10 minutes getting an assist. So there's plenty of positives. The key will be whether Maurizio does intend to stick with the core group or core team. This is where I'm sceptical. For the Sheffield United game. I think that's what fans want to see now because we saw the Red Star reverse fixture where we comprehensively won that. He changed it. For the Liverpool game. For the Liverpool game. Mm. And I think now fans, we can see who's committed. We know the players you want to see on that football pitch. And it's whether Maurizio now is brave enough to pick those players that we believe want to play for the football club. Well, a big theme of the show two weeks ago was, will he stick with that Red Star Belgrade winning team 5-0 and then he changed it to Liverpool? What will happen this time around? Because it is Sheffield United on the weekend. And as always on this show, you're part of the last word on Spurs. So tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208-7020-558. Before we do the Champions League, because it was a fantastic win, let's quickly take it back. The last time I've seen you, we spoke about that Everton game. Jace, I know how much you said those two games were more key. We have a great Great history up at Goodison Park. We get the results no matter what team we put out. We seem to re- get a result up there. So close. Just quite didn't happen. Obviously, the injury played a big part and Everton poured it on. Uh, loads of uh, injury time added there. But what did you make of that result and that performance? I thought it was a poor performance, if I'm honest. Um, and a poor result. You know, like I say, I expect to go to Everton and win. We were 1-0 up. Uh, but we played some awful football. Never, I think we had, what, two shots on target in the game. So, you know, whilst we ended up throwing a lead away, you couldn't, you couldn't really say that we deserved to win the game. And Everton were even poorer than us. So mm. that was the frustration. And probably unlike unlike everyone else this week, I partly would criticise Sonny for, for what happened. So, um, you know, it was just a disappointment all round. And I, I had, a, had a moment where I thought perhaps it is time that we just, you know, moved on from Poch this, I, I can't see this turning last night gave us a glimpse to the future but we have to back that up and we need mm. eight wins in the next 10-11 games to convince me we've turned that corner well James that's, that's it I'm quite surprised at that because obviously you obviously in the last week you've maybe changed your opinion you said you was maybe in the small minority to criticise him why, why would you criticise Song for, for, for that challenge or, or, well, for or Sonny, maybe more uh, I didn't think it was a red card but I was uncomfortable appealing it because, for me, still a deliberate foul, still a foul without any intention to play the ball, still caused an injury. Not not on purpose, but he still caused an injury. And the injury that the player got, I feel uncut. I think it looks a little bit desperate that we, 
we appeal it in view of the injury. I get the perhaps the appeal to to take some of the guilt away from Sonny. And my concern is always to get Sonny's head right. We, hopefully we got that last night. But like I say, it wasn't a sending off. But in view of the injury, I think the injury was down to us. Well, Lee, what, what did you make of what Jace had to say on that one? Um, I think that we were poor against Everton. I totally agree. I think two shots on target, awful. Uh, I think the the selection, uh, again, was, was not right. Um, having said all of that, I mean, I agree, again, agree with Jace. Everton were, were worse. And actually, if Sonny doesn't do that, if that red card doesn't happen, we win that game. Simple as that. And uh, sometimes in football, or in sport, but certainly in football, you need a goal to come off your backside or just a bit of luck or something to turn this bad form around. And that was the game. But but uh, but it wasn't because of the, what happened in the last 10 minutes, mm. 12 minutes of injury time. Serge Aurier's head's gone. Well, it probably was never there, actually, this season for sure. But, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, again, we concede a goal which is which is completely defendable. You know, a cross coming in. Toby from, missed his header. Uh, totally Toby missed his header. Uh, another one of the contract rebels that I keep nicknaming them now, essentially. Um, he misses his header, bullet header in, uh, you know, free header, essentially, to, to, to go 1-1. And actually, if there was another two, three minutes on the clock, we might have ended up losing the game, which, which again, you could look at being a bonus because I'm Mr. Optimistic. But again, it was poor. I think with the Sonny... I, I go back to the Bournemouth game when he got sent off and he come out after that game and he said he will never, ever get sent off again. for Tottenham. So that's what he said. He, he, he almost remember. promised. Mm. He said, I will not... And he did. He got sent off against Everton. Rightly or wrongly, that's a, a slightly different I thought, debate. I thought there was just a little bit of retaliation from... From the arm, from the elbow, yeah. From, from the same player, wasn't it? It was Gomez. It was, it was, it was it, like so. thirty seconds before, yeah. weren't it? Yeah, a couple of minutes. But yeah, I thought it. Like I say, it was a deliberate foul. With with it's my turn to get one back on you, and nobody wants to injure a player like that. Mm. But his actions caused that injury when it when it really should have been nothing of the sort. And for sure, his actions caused the game to change because ultimately he got sent off, and because he got sent off, we we essentially lost the game that's what my view I'd rather look at the fact of the, of the of the team selection I know the boy's probably saying that if Sonny doesn't get sent off we're going to win that game I still feel with Tottenham at the moment that when we are continually selecting players that don't want to be there I think it's going to be very hard long term to get results and this is the most baffling thing he picks the 11 we saw against Red Star Belgrade barring Danny Rose being selected if he sticks with that team then I think Tottenham can turn this form around. But I just get that horrible niggling feeling that against Sheffield United at the weekend, we're going to see a lot of those players come back. And I would just question, why would you continue to show loyalty to players that have let you down? But maybe it is a fact that some of these players are just too fundamental in that dressing room to drop them. But I mean, I do want to focus on some great performances against mm. Red Star Belgrade. The likes of Giovanni Le Chelso, as we said, looked great. Ryan Sussignon's cameo looked really good. I think Tunga Ndombele, again, he's going to be a real special player for this football club. Juan Foyf had a great game. And one player that probably I've, I've knocked in the past but deserves a mention is Eric Dyer coming in at centre-back where I think we've always struggled with Dyer to really establish what his best position mm. is at the football club. And ironically, where you've got Alderweireld running down his contract, Vertonghen running down his contract, is there suddenly an opening 
for Eric Dyer at this football club again. Uh, it's, it's, it's mad, really. I'm not sure. It's suddenly, though. That's the thing. I think that, you know, when you've got great, great, world-class centre-backs like Rio Ferdinand in the past coming out and saying Eric Dyer could be a world-class centre-back and Poch saying to Eric Dyer, you you are my man to be a centre-back. I mean, there's there's some, some big calls. I mean, don't forget, mm. Poch played as a centre-back as well. So I think that there's always been that in, the, in his back of his mind to play that. What I would say is that we played against Red Star Belgrade, who, yeah. by the way, were, were awful. Yeah, we got, um, and, and he's played yeah. one game. And, you know, so let's not get carried away with Eric Dyer. But what I would say is that I do think there's always been an option there. The only thing I would say against that, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be Mr. Negative, you can't really get that from me, but we need a left-sided, left-sided centre-back in that position because against better teams that they could struggle. He always wanted to go back in on his right. And although he's plicking some nice balls out, he always wanted to go back in on his right, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, I mean, Nathan Ake is a is a, a prime target. You'd think in your mind if you can if you can if you can get him away. But yeah, I mean, Yan's at how old's Yan now? Thirty two, and it's. I mean, I said at the start of the season, didn't I? In my mind, I think that's probably the role that they're thinking of of giving Ben Davis that long contract for that yeah. he'll end up playing as because centre halves now don't answer dominant in the air as they used to be. Now, I'm not saying that's the perfect the perfect fit for us but I, I do think that's one of their considerations long term with Ben Davis to play as that left sided set now maybe that'll work maybe it won't but I think that is in their mind but you think about the, the options that he may have with Planet I actually picked Ben Davis as a left centre back in a in a team before the I think it was before the Everton game so I don't want any contract rebels and just to be clear although uh, in the week I, I quite liked Potch's comments about Ericsson and how we kind of haven't thrown him under the bus Ericsson, for me, should be nowhere near the first team, nor should Out of the World, nor should Yan. Anyone with contract with Rebels, Wanyama, Rose, Aurier, they shouldn't be near the first team. So for me, picking uh, Davis as a left centre-back gives us an option to be able to drop in mid-game, drop into a back three. It allows, if Cessnion plays as a left-back, to be able to push up the pitch. It allows uh, Davis to go out as a left-back if he needed to. gives you quite a lot of in-game options. And when Poch was making... Uh, was really successful in the two title challenges that we actually had, the League Cup final that he got us to, the two FA Cup semi-finals that he got us to, the Champions League final, maybe a, a little bit less than that um, because it was only it was only last year. What we were really good at is in-game changing. Do, do you remember, Rick? It, yeah. He used to yeah. drop into a back three in-game. It just doesn't change it that much anymore. I would concern myself long time about Ben Davis isn't good enough to feature for Tottenham at the left-sided centre-back. I think Spurs long-term need to look at that centre-back area, which I'm sure they're going to be doing. I mean, Jan Vertonghen, it seems at the moment, from what we can gauge that, he's no longer in Pochettino's, I wouldn't say first-team plans, but definitely he's not in the forefront of his of his preferred eleven. And I just wonder, it definitely is the case that Vertonghen's lost, lost a yard of pace over the summer. Alderweireld, again, has got no intention of signing a long-term contract, so he has to find a way in these next couple of months up until January to put out the best possible team to get results. And I would just question whether he's done that enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking the Red Star Belgrade uh, game, the, the 4 0 victory. What did you make of it? Let us know. Call us on 0208 70 We're going to continue this discussion and obviously talk about Delhi not being in England squad, which was announced today. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs. 
Lee McQueen and Jason McGovern. We're talking everything from last uh, last night's game to Red Star Belgrade in what Spurs was a fantastic away performance. Getting the points there doesn't matter if it was Red Star Belgrade. We're going to be looking at the Sheffield United game and obviously Delhi not being in that England squad which was announced by Gareth Southgate today. And what do you make of it all? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. I just want to take you back to that first game with Red Star Belgrade. Beating them 5-0. Straight away afterwards, Dyer, Vertong and Sam, this is it now. We've found our confidence. We're going to move on. Jace, you mentioned it. You went, well, let's judge after Liverpool and Everton. Literally, not. it wasn't one step forward, two steps back. Didn't get the results in the Liverpool and Everton game. Is that why maybe, because it's fair to say you're all positive after that result, but not as much because you see, let's see what happens on the weekend. We saw it after the first time we played Red Star. We, we don't want to get carried away with ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, all we did last night was sow a few seeds. It's a long way before you can say we've turned the turned the corner. Like I say, we need to win eight of the next 10, 11 games with a couple of draws and maybe just that one defeat or something mm. by law of averages. Then I believe we've done it. We have a, a really difficult game on Saturday. It wouldn't surprise me if we lost to Sheffield United because we haven't got that consistency yet. So until we get some of that consistency then the doubts will be there. And the only ones that can do that is those players on the pitch. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I think I think Saturday's going to be absolutely tough. I think it's going to be tough, tough. And typically, I'll come out and go, yeah, you know, we're going to beat them 3-0. I think they're going to sit in. I think they've... Uh, I think you, you said it earlier, yeah. didn't you? They haven't, they haven't lost away no. from, uh, from, from home in, in the Premier League. League, which is ridiculous. Um, and I think it's going to be very, very tough to... Uh, you know, t- typically, Spurs, under this... Uh, under the uh, most recent Potticino tactics and the way he sets up, typically, we've really struggled to break teams down that come and sit in. And uh, Chris Wilde has done an amazing job at Sheffield United. He's getting defending brilliantly, and I think it's going to be tough. I actually said outside of off air, the first goal wins almost. You know, it's mm. going to, you know, like we used to play it in the playground, didn't you? First goal, next goal wins. I think the first goal is massively important on Saturday. Get White Hart Lane rocking, uh, the new White Hart Lane, sorry, rocking, and and we get the first goal, and and that could be that could, that could open us up. But it's going to be tough for sure. Well, not only are we delighted to, that Lee McQueen has joined us back tonight, so has Adrian because he's called into the studio. Really? It is time for Adrian's corner. Adrian, you want to talk a little bit about uh, last night's game and Lachelso? Yeah, Lachelso and Dembele, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <clears throat> I mean, Lachelso had 102 first touches, right? He made eight recoveries, he made the most tackles, and he completed 71 of 79 passes and put in three excellent crosses. One was a real wicked one, you know. So it was tops on the crosses, you know. It was just like Ericsson on Sunday, wasn't it? (laughs) Passes in the opposition half. And then he had that first pass to two players to put Delhi through for Son to score, you know. And to me, even even at Everton with Delhi's goal and the goal he got before, looks like he's getting back to form. So the combination I'd like to see is Le Celso and Belly and Delhi in that team, you know. Uh, What do you guys think? Well, John, it really impressed me for that first goal. I don't know if you've seen it, Adrian, the uh, Benny Hill music in the background of that goal mouth scramble. If you haven't checked it out, you've got to look it on Twitter. It's a great clip of that first goal going in. But what was really impressive is that he initially won the ball back for Spurs and then started the move in the build-up. And I think we've got a really good player on our hands. And I think with Chelsea, what's going to be key now is just giving him minutes. That's the only way the guy is going to be able to adapt to the Premier League, the style of play. The same as Ndombele that we've seen. He's had a fairly slow start to the Premier League season, whereas in Europe, he's been phenomenal I think you know we've definitely seen him brilliant on the on the top tier of European 
football stage. And I think Lachosa just needs to get a regular run of games. And I'm the same as you. I'd love to see them being paired together. It's just whether Pochettino has got the... Maybe the right word is, yeah, being brave. Is he brave enough now to go with the majority of that 11 for the Sheffield United game? Or do we think he's going to change it? I mean, he's already said when he came out after the game that he's going to assess the players. Do you genuinely believe he will keep with this potential 11 ahead of Sheffield United? Or do you think it will change it? I've read that crazy stat. I think he's... 93, isn't it? 93 times he's changed the team. games, I think, since he's kept the same team. Mm. That's That's not the concern, though, is it? Because... Basically, what we want to see, the players we want to see in this, Delhi's coming back to form with yep. Chelsea and Dembele. If, for example, Davies came in for Rose and Sanchez was given a rest for Alderweireld, I don't think people would be too much, you know, too mm. bothered about that. Cause, but it's, it's keeping... They, look, when Ericsson goes, those three, they give us so much creativity. And I said Chelsea would give us extra pace, he does, you know. And then Dembele with his switching the player moving forward, you know. I mean, those three together, I mean, like, they they get on song, they'll be an unstoppable force. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Holland and Bele, I think, again, with that guy there, he's showing that, especially in Europe, he just looks formidable in the well, midfield. I think, I think just to interact with you there, Rick, I think that's why Poch won't pick the same side, because it's a Premier League game, mm. hurly-burly, in-your-face, English league versus Europe. And you can get, not get, I'm not saying it's, it's a different, it's a lower standard Champions League, I'm not saying that at all, but it is a different type of speed and physicality, uh, physicality mm. and all that sort of stuff. And maybe he's looking at, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Le- <laughs> Chelsea don't start on, on Saturday, and, and that'll be a real shame. It's been such a breath of fresh air though, you know, he's playmaking, physical play, I think he's already shown glimpses he looks like a really good player, Jess, didn't he? Well, I he sat here last week. Coming in instead, then. Well, I sat here last week, didn't I, and said I'd have played Lo Celso from the start at Everton. And, 100%. And um, I think he should have done. I think last night, the, the good thing was, without wanting to to single out Christian Eriksen and moan and groan about him, but one of the things that people have said all season is, we're bereft of creativity without Eriksen. And we saw last night, the future of Tottenham isn't necessarily bereft of of creativity mm. without him. There was plenty of creative spark. I, I, I love the facts and Dombele looks forward straight away and, and hits plenty of first-time passes. He had that, and, that and moment of madness, that. didn't he? Second half where he lost the ball. Yeah, and, yeah, that was, that was yeah, dodgy. That's, that's a shocking moment. But without a doubt, there's, there's a lot more good in Dombele and he'll only get better. There certainly was a lot more good. Adrian, well, we really appreciate you calling. Adrian's corner there, always a tradition on this show. We've had another call into the studio, this time from Shuben. Shuben, you want to talk about the record, man, because you're saying he reminds you of a young Pogba when he was at Juventus. Mm. Well, you kind of see him cameo to that at United, but there was just like the guy was just hitting the ball stuck to his feet, he looking at passes, he somehow made that sweet pass and he was off balance. It just honestly, he was real. Obviously, he spent a lot of money on him. And, you know, he hoped players will come good, but I think it's just you know, I didn't expect him to be you know sell, sell in as well because I don't think him or the Celso speak much English, so I don't. It must be hard you know, if you go to any form, any country, it's hard to sell on. Well, if, yeah. it, 
if Ndombele is like Pogba, we better definitely not have Mourinho as manager then. That's, that's, the <laughs> that's a great shot. And, and actually, when you said it was a, a great pass from Ndombele off balance, I thought that was Ndombele's normal that's balance. That's his normal balance, yeah, isn't it? Is it's balance, the leaning yeah. tower of Ndombele, isn't it? The leaning tower. Yeah, Shuba, good to talk to you again. I mean, I, for, for me, I just want to pick up on that that kind of uh, forward runs or passing forward. What, what we've done both times brilliantly against Red Star in the home game and also the away game is midfield running. So midfield runners beyond like a Harry Kane, for example. There was times in that game yesterday that Harry was playing a number 10 role, which I've, I've gone on, on record and saying in the past that he's probably our best number 10 that we've got, let alone the best stri- uh, number nine in the world. Um, so it, and, and, and the ball through for Sessignon to put the assess, uh, assist was absolutely phenomenal. And that would come from Kane. But so runners on be- behind Kane, so we can drop a little bit deeper, but also Powered runs from the central midfield, whether Sissoko, whether Dembele that he done it, Lachelso done that as well. That for, for me, that's what we've been missing. That and again, it, I think it does come down to confidence. It wouldn't surprise me is over the next kind of four or five weeks that you'll see some of them players that were struggling, like the Ericsons, if he's if he's still going to be getting games, which seems like he is under Poch, then um, that he start getting some confidence back and start playing a, a, a little bit better because confidence is a massive thing in this game, as we know. I'm actually hoping that he does like he does like a Sir Alex with the Celso because I think the Celso's got some friendlies or something. They have to go like I've no idea where they're going. Point as friendlies to make their FA a lot of money or something. I hope he comes Sir Alex and say, yeah, no. Got a hamstring or something. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Play. Like pull him out of the international. I mean, it w- it would be amazing to be. I was thinking this. I, I kind of agree with you. I was thinking this with Ces- uh, with Cessnon as well to be able for Potch to, for for a few of them players just to stay back. Uh, uh, do you know what I mean? At the uh, Hotspur way, at the travel, uh, um, you know, the training ground, and just kind of just get almost a mini pre-season under their belt with a, a few of them players, but. Obviously, that won't happen. They're all going international duty, and that's just the way the world works. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think Lachelso was excellent. I think Undembele was was excellent. And you know, you talk about Pogba there, Shub, and I, you know, I, there was there was Musa Dembele um, uh, likenesses yesterday, wasn't there? You know, turning on a sixpence, keeping the ball, not being able to get the ball off him. It, like you said, it stuck to his feet, and I just looked at it. And I, we have kicked clearly missed that you, you you mentioned that on the pod actually this week didn't you about missing Musa Dembele and yep. when Undembele puts in a performance like you kind of go hello he just refuses to let the game stand still that's what I love about Tungin Dembele when an opportunity to get involved he's at the forefront of it and he pushes forward with the ball glides with it and I think again I in terms of European football at the moment he's been a breath of fresh air for Tottenham I was just one you know long term in the Premier League I think he's going to also be great there it's going to take time he's going to need games and that's the most important thing that Pochettino has to now find a rhythm and keep with a core team and I know it's difficult because you've got multiple competitions but he has to find a way of being able to play I think you know seven or eight players on a regular basis we've seen with Tottenham especially with the full backs and defenders that where Tottenham were successful under him for that period we were challenging for the league is where he actually had a consistent back four how many times did I say that last season on this very show? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I've given you the stats. You're bored of all my stats. Just on the back five, the interchange. At one point last season, we played three goalkeepers. Yeah. Like in the first month. Manchester City played three last night. They did actually. Carl Walker. But maybe. 50 million goalkeeper. Maybe now with Sessi Young, maybe we have found ourselves a potential gem. And with one fourth, I thought we had an excellent game as well. Have we got a future fullback pair in there? 
Well, uh, just quickly, thank you, Shubin, for calling in. Really appreciate you Cheers, phoning into the studio. And you still can. 0208 70 20 558. You talk about the players coming through and, and obviously the pre, pre-season, getting them up to speed. You know, we are only in November. It's a long season. Maybe now the players are just finding themselves in what was already a busy summer for them. You know, Spurs, we, we, we have to keep that in mind, don't we, Rick? We do, no, of course. I mean, Ryan Tessiong's been really unlucky because we know he's been a long-term target for Tottenham for quite a number of years and he obviously got injured. He had that setback. But now... In the space of 10, 15 minutes, he came on, got himself an assist. That'll do him the world of confidence. I would love to see Pochettino give him that start against Sheffield United, but I just wonder if he's going to integrate him slowly. The, 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 sorry, Jase, the, the thing is with that is the only kind of critique I would say on the whole of Session on coming on, I thought it was brilliant, I come on, fantastic assist, really fresh, but he, he, he come on as left wing. So in, in, in anyone's mind, clearly he's thinking Sessegnon's going to come on and play left wing. He ain't going to come and play left back, is he? You never know. I mean, you never know with Pochettino. You know, I think it will take time, as we've seen with him, that he's coached players in all different positions. I mean, similar with Wan Four, if he started out as a centre-back when he came to the club, now he's looking to you know, adapt him into a right-back slot. So I think there's the opportunity there with Sessegnon to really develop him into a, a different kind of play. You know, there's a chance even... I dare I say, I know it's very early days, but is he looking at him like a Gareth Bale kind of oh figure where he comes word. in? No, I'm Gareth, just saying that. Talk no, to me. Is he looking at him thinking long term he can play further forward up the pitch? Because no one really. Well, he's has... playing him there now. That was my mm. point. He's playing yeah. him further up the pitch yeah, now. Yeah. He's going to Isn't do a reverse. Isn't it just nice to Gareth see Ricky this positive, though? Yeah, Rick's right. He was loving it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's a long way to go. I'm, I'm all joking aside, it's not. I'm not getting too carried away. It's Red Star Belgrade. It's a great win, but I think like Jason says, let's see it over eight or ten games. Well, let's see it over the next game, which is Sheffield United. It's a massive one. We're going to be talking about the manager and has it changed over the last few weeks? Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs fan show uh, on Love Sport Radio. Didn't know what I was going to say. I think then. so. Are we still here? Yeah, yeah. We're still here. We're still here. The Spurs <laughs> fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Liam McQueen and Jason McGovern. We're talking everything from that Red Star Belgrade I've game. I've got teeth envy, right? For Klopp. I'm just throwing it out there. He's on, he's on one of the screens here in the studio. He's, he's got great teeth, hasn't he? They're not as good as Firmino's teeth, but they're pretty good. Do you not That's, agree? It's the last... You know how long I prep these intros, Lee? <laughs> I'm you sorry, just went buddy. right through it teeth, just like mate, a Danny teeth. Rose assist the surgical <laughs> oh. there you go that's it I'm just going to bring you back and never again I'm talking about <laughs> Klopp the Liverpool man this is a Spurs fan show what's teeth, happening mate, here teeth. I was talking about teeth Spurs did have it's good all these sweets depth, mate that we've got in here mm. when's Jamie Brown coming back <laughs> I'm dropped next week mate sub substitution <laughs> substitution <laughs> yeah we know who for now let's carry on we're talking uh, obviously about that Red Star build great but quickly you are a big part of the show and I want to do some listener questions but before we get into those obviously the last few weeks on the show we've been talking about the manager and how it's going how mm. are the fans feeling this is an you've interesting one calling, Charlie it certainly is you've been calling into the studio telling us how you feel it's a, it's a big split obviously getting those Champions League results obviously very un lucky against Liverpool let's be fair went 1-0 up could have gone 2-0 up Everton was 1-0 up they came back Ricky's looking at me like you've been very generous here but they could have gone either way has the feeling amongst the Spurs fans changed at all where, where, where do they all stand on the manager now Ricky well I can't tell you where everyone stands I can I can only give you my opinion that at the moment of course it was a great win against Red Star Belgrade but I'm not going to get nowhere near carried away I mean what I'd loved him to do is, as I keep saying, is to see a similar team selection to that Red Star Belgrade game against Sheffield United this weekend. Can I see it happening? I can't, if I'm being honest with you. I still think he's going to make a number of changes. I think where we are with Pochettino is that I think in our heart of hearts, we would love him to be able to turn this around and lead Tottenham to trophies in the future. We would love him or... I would love him. Oh, yeah, you would, yeah? Yeah, I would love him to turn it around, but I just get that niggling thing in the back of my (laughs) mind. I I just don't know. I've... 
Is he squirming over there? In all honesty, I just don't You've know whether got a beautiful shade well, of blossoming red. I just red. don't know whether I just don't know whether I just don't know whether he has got the belief within himself to be able to get mm. Tottenham out of this current situation. Whether he is, you know, Jamie talks about you know he wants to oversee his next rebuild, and Jamie's quite firm on that. I still, in the back of my mind, have doubts whether he actually believes it himself because it's a big job still to do. Um, I think what will give him some hope will be the glimpse of the future last night. You know, seeing that we have got likes of Lachelso, Cessignon to come into the team, and then Bele as well. And I don't think at the moment it's time to talk about other managers. We've we don't say we've got a great result against Red Star Belgrade. I want us to focus on trying to push forward. But um, obviously, what we need to see now is a consistent run of results. Because naturally in football, if you don't get results, then naturally the pressure will be on the manager. So mm. that won't go away. And the more Spurs are inconsistent, the more speculation will be there. Yeah. Does anyone know what, uh, off the top of your head, don't Google this, does anyone know over five and a half years what Potticino's win ratio is at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? 59, isn't it? 59. Well, that's gone down considerably because of, of this start of this season. But that's, that's pretty incredible over a period of time, good, isn't it? Though, isn't uh, it? Uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Does anyone also know from, from, from when Potticino took over the club? When Pochettino took over the club, we won away at Chelsea for the first time in, what, 26 years? Now, people could say to me, that's a lack of ambition, this, that, and the other, why are you bringing that up? Because how many managers that do we have in that 26 period that didn't go to Stanford Bridge and win a football match? We'd, we'd done City away, we'd drawn Barca, we'd done Madrid uh, and away, we've done Arsenal away, which other, many, many managers couldn't have done that. We got to a League Cup final, two FA Cup semi-finals, a League Cup semi-final, a Champions League final. We've got two title challenges under our belt. By the way, and I just want to bring this up as well, in the 2013-14 season, Liverpool were five points clear at the top of the table. They lost Stephen Gerrard's slip, all that sort of stuff, and they lost to, to, to City that year. It took four years for them to rebuild their squad to go to go again to get to a Champions League final and then ultimately to win it last season. Four years it took. Leicester, they won the they they freak freakishly, however you want to say it, but they won it. They won the chat title. It's taken them four years, three and a half years, after football tragedy and rebuild and uh, to get back to what some people are saying that they're going to guarantee top four. They won't get top four. Yeah, just saying that. Hang on a minute. I'm just, you, just you, putting you, some context. No, they won't. So wow. To give you some context. Again, wow, because it's all short-termism, Charlie. Mm. They've, they've, you've played 10 games of football. Yeah, but 10 it, games. It's not just 10 games. It's the way, Jack Lee, this is stretching back for the last six to nine months domestically no. as well. You can't. We can't sit here and sugarcoat what has mm. What has happened over these last six to nine months? The results have not short been good termism. enough. It's short not short-termism. No, no. Six to nine months is not short-termism in football. I wouldn't sack it. Listen, at the moment Rick, where I Rick, am... Can you take your hat off when you answer this so we can see the colour of <laughs> his eyes? No, when you, hold on. Jace, answer the question. Even you've said yourself that your mindset has changed over this last couple of weeks. Testing. We've got to be honest it's about it. It's testing times. Of course it is. But Everyone, no testing, one's human. No one's human. You can't back to old facts and history about what he's done and what he hasn't done. At the moment, the last six to nine months have not been good enough under Maurizio Pochettino but domestically. where's your yes expectation no? come from? My, you, My, your expe- on, okay. no, hang on a minute. So your then, expectation has come from Pochettino. That is the yeah, weirdest so, thing so about then, it. Because Pochettino's given me the expectation. Now suddenly... So we're entitled. Suddenly we're entitled to go to Stanford Bridge and win every time we go there. Suddenly we're entitled title to no, go and, and get no. into all these cup but finals all the time. I'm entitled, to, I'm entitled to see Tottenham at the moment not in relegation form over this last six to nine months domestically. Am I not with that squad? Has he not underperformed with that squad over the last six to nine months? So you're saying Potticino's underperformed in the last six to nine months? 
Pochettino and the players collectively as a group responsibly wise they have not performed to the level that they should have done over these last six to nine months domestically yes I am saying that okay. I, I don't know how anyone can disagree look at our form it is alarming how can you sit there and say it's not anything but alarming the form I didn't say it wasn't alarming I didn't yeah. say it weren't testing I didn't say it weren't concerning it's but what, I'm, sa- what I'm saying is, what, is I'm, what I'm saying is at what period of time do you take that over if you take it over a 10 year period he's doing amazing if you take it over a 5 year period he's doing amazing but the if you take it over a 9 year allow you to do that Lee though I completely it's an opinion isn't it that's what I'm saying it's an opinion they don't allow you to do that do they it is such short term it is such instant that's what I'm saying some fans don't allow you to do that some supporters don't allow you some chairman don't let you do that, mm. but it depends on what your your thinking is. You know, when I remember back, and it was only last season, was it not, that we beat Chelsea away from home, or maybe the season before. Forgive me with with my stats. We haven't been to Stamford Bridge in the league and won for twenty six years. So where is our entitlement come from? We're going through a bad patch. We need to be behind and be strong. And well, I agree with what he's saying. And it has been testing for me. You know, it is. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm wavered in my support for Potocino. But sometimes when he keeps picking his damn players that have clearly got contract issues you've got to start to question yeah. it but I wouldn't be saying that I need to sack the guy we definitely whatever happens over the nine months we need to improve results have to pick up because we, we, we're not a side that should be winning eight games in 31 or 32 no. or whatever no, I, agree that with has, that. I agree that genuinely has to change and, and the question is is he the person to change it and I've, I've been of the belief that he was but at Everton when we saw that team sheet come out you start to think we are not going to change it. And when he talked about January fixes, if he doesn't pick players he bought in July and we're now in November, how the hell is he going to pick them in, buy them in yeah. January and pick them in, in February? Would you so, sack him, Jace? Close to, yeah. Well, well to. There, are, there are a lot of comments on Twitter and YouTube. That was a fiery, passionate debate. Uh, and this one comes from Pipes71 on YouTube. Ricky, you know what you're talking about. You know what the answer is. Do not allow yourself to be bullied by the rest of the I'm panel. Not, no, I'm not listening. I'm not going to be bullied by anyone. <laughs> I don't no, think anyone's at, being bullied at, at all. At Stupid comment. At the end of the day, look, my, my opinion is that you cannot sit there and say it's just a blip when mm. you've had a period of six to nine months domestically when you're in relegation form. Mm. I'm, believe me, I'm not backing no, down. No, no, no. And, and, and the same perfectly comment. Fair. No, no, Lee, yeah. For Lee, sure. the, the same comment the guy said uh, uh, you don't get trophies for winning at Stamford Bridge yeah but again you, there's four trophies every season four of them and four of them trophies and you go back to the stats that Jason tells all the he's time wrong. he's wrong we won the FA Cup in 1921 at Stamford Bridge we got a trophy <laughs> that day. great good history that good history that good but the, it, again it's, it's just an opinion of where you see the club and where you want it to be when you look at these title challenges whether or not they won the title or they failed against the title, uh, you know, the Leicester title challenge and the Chelsea title challenge, we was going up against teams that had no European football. They were playing best part of 40 games a season, a couple of games in domestic cups and then 38 league games in the, in the Premier League. Spurs were playing 60 games that season. Well, everyone tells me that, you know, Ricky and, and uh, one of our own, Jamie, they always say, oh, you know, transfers, transfer, if our squad's not big enough, it's not good enough. Right, Yet we're playing 60 odd games that no. time against against teams that, that have, have only got to play a fraction of them games it the, makes a difference right, forget transfers for a second the squad he's had over his last nine months results wise should have been better there is absolutely no argument to that and I take Lee's point he's had some wonderful results in his reign and yes the, you know you do allow managers to have a patch but you can't just sit there and blindly disregard a consistent nine months run of form which is really really worrying and that's exactly what it is and I hope as I keep saying I hope this Red Star game is you know a turning point 
But I can't sit here and promise anyone anything like that because mm. we have seen that he then reverts back to type and changes the selection. What we need to see now is a consistent run of results. As Jason says, an eight or nine unbeaten run with a consistent team. Stop changing the fullbacks. Stop changing the centre-halves. Let's see a team that actually wants to go out there, fight for the shirt and pick an 11 that all want to be at the football club. Well, I have to tell you of another comment because the first one was was helping Ricky and sort of saying that he was being bullied. Well, this one sticks up for Lee. This one comes from Martin. It says, absolutely brilliantly. Either Ricky backs the manager, then he does not. He's sitting on the fence every week. Lee, you are completely right. We've got the belief. We have to believe in the manager. Lee, stay true to yourself. Hold on, hold on. When you say back the manager, yeah, you can back the manager, but to the point of what? Am I just going to keep backing him endlessly when he keeps putting Christian Eriksen in a team that we know he doesn't want to be at the football club when he keeps picking Danny Rose that they tried to force out when he keeps picking Sergioria that clearly wanted away and he's in the team we've got Vertonghen Alderweireld in there that are both running down their contracts listen you can back a manager but still also question some of his motives and some of his decisions and you have to who in these last nine months can sit there and say that they can back Pochettino on every single decision because if they can blimey I'd like to shake their hand <sighs> no, no, and uh, look, I, I agree with that last bit for, for sure. I know we've got to go break. I agree with that last bit, and I am on the contract rebels 100% on that side. But all I'm saying is that over what period of time, over what period of time do you give that person? That's what I would basically say. And, and, and my question was you're talking about eight, nine, ten games run. So in eight, eight nine, nine monthly, eight, nine months. No, no, you're talking about eight, nine, ten uh, games run. Look, like Jason said about like we've got to go on a run now, eight, yeah. nine, get some consistency. So what are you saying? After eight games, if we ain't got any consistency, you're firing him. You got any that's, that's what. Come on, that's, that's Christmas. I mean, come on, I'm man. Gonna, I'm going to be realistically. If he doesn't, doesn't, if he doesn't get any results in next in eight to nine, eight to nine games, then we are in a relegation battle. So you're sacking him. Well, the club have to look to make a change. The board will look to make a change anyway. But well, are you sacking him? What do you make of it? You can join us on the show. Have your say to Lee, Ricky, and Jace. Call us 0208 70 20 558. We're going to continue this when we come back. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie. Warming in, it's warming in, now. <laughs> it's very Absolutely warm. Absolutely warm. The tension is rising. Let me tell you, no one spoke in that break. It was very awkward. You're listening to the Spurs fan <laughs> show on Love Sport Radio with last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen, and Jason McGovern. We're going to have a break from that debate, just ever so slightly, because we're going into your listener questions that you put to us. The first one is convincing win at a very, very tough place to play. Can you guys forget all the negativity and just rave about the team for a few minutes because we were utterly brilliant. Absolutely. There was, uh, you know, first from the tunnel, we was all going to be intimidated by this the tunnel nice. walk. And we, that tunnel we, was uh, mental, though, wasn't it? We took the tunnel on, didn't we? Totally. Came, came out the tunnel it was light at the, the end tunnel. of the tunnel. So, no, and and we, I thought we controlled the game pretty much throughout the 90s. One magnificent save from Gazaniga that if we go 1-0 down, who knows? Uh, he made what, some, we made some really good saves during the game. Makes. Four or five really good saves. Magnificent save. Mm. And um, But I thought the performance was much better. Um, there were so many positives, as we said. The new players, they felt a bit of freshness. Not just the new boys, but Foyth coming in. What about your man Dyer? Right back, Eric Dyer coming back. Play, I thought he had a, had a good game. Not, not a brilliant game. I thought he had a good game. Um, I thought Foyth played well as well. I, I thought it was brilliant that we had a little... Phoenix from the Flames moment where we recreated our goal at the other end just a couple of minutes <laughs> later and Daniel Sanchez smashed the bar like, like Sonny yeah. did. But no, overall, it was a positive night. To go there and win 4-0, let's be fair about it, we were hoping to go there and win. None of us probably thought 4-0 was going to 
going to come up and, and you just have to take the positives from that. And, and you've got to say as well that 4 0 has gone a little bit under the radar in a sense of that is our biggest away win in the Champions League. Mm. You know, that's that's how kind of like up and down we are at the moment. Like one minute we're like on the floor and the next minute we're, we're, we're breaking records, aren't we? So, you know, from, from that perspective, I, I would I would look at it really positively. I was, I was really pleased with um, Sanchez again getting another 90 minutes under his belt. I think it's a confidence thing with with him as well. And, and Juan Foyt as well. I thought he played really well. And actually the tackle... And when I was watching that first, I thought that was Eric Dyer that come back through, but it wasn't. It was actually Foyt that got actually back and and, and made that last ditch tackle on Pavvek, I think his name is the the, the big centre forward. So I thought it was some really really positive um, signs. And again, coming back to what I've been saying and, and I agree with Ricky at the end of the last one, the contract rebels, they're not in the side. When they're not in the side, we've got a freshness about us. There's an energy, there's more pace, there's more power. Um, and uh, to go there and win 4-0. Again, another stat actually, I, I think we, we got from the teller yesterday, um, was that Red Star have not conceded more than once at home all season. Or 72, 72 games. games Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Yeah. I think that the, the other big positive... It's another record, isn't it? it go is. on, Potch, go on. Well, talking of the manager and talking no, no, of was, games... Oh, we've talked about that. We've not done much about the manager, have we, tonight? I was, I was, <laughs> was just going to say, <laughs> there was one Ricky, even you bigger told me positive. to read that the listener questions, mate. <laughs> there go was on. one even bigger positive last night. Sava enjoyed the game. Wow. He actually became he's, a happy He's really got under your skin though, Jason. He? he became a happy clapper Why has he got under today. your skin so much? He, he enjoyed the game. So, Sava has joined the list of I the happy I, clappers. I thought I was sitting night. next to Sava tonight. Hold on a second. I'm not having that. It'd be uh, interesting if he calls up. Uh, the next question is from Darren. It says, what will it take to break the manager's rotation policy? 93 games without the same starting 11. Yeah. What is the, 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 the common denominator there? Why is he doing this? Th- uh, this is a problem. Sorry, go on. No, I mean, me. I just think... To a degree with Maurizio, I think he's shown far too much loyalty to some of those senior players. And all I can possibly think it is, is that he is concerned fundamentally about the reaction in that dressing room to drop in some of those names, the likes of Rose, Oria, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, on a regular basis. Is that going to fundamentally damage that dressing room? And that's all I can think about, because otherwise, why would you not want to freshen the team up? Because when he has freshened it up, I know, again, you can't judge too much this against the opposition of Red Star Belgrade. We've accumulated nine goals and not conceded any. So there's mm. definitely a reason why he's not freshening it up. Do you think, Rick, it's his belief? His belief as a manager. It's a little bit like Pep's belief is we play this way and we have to do it. Do you know I, just think, Lee, do you know is, is... I think he's got a lot of personal relationships there with mm. some of his players. Like Ericsson, I think he... This is the thing with Pochettino, that he's the manager of Tottenham, but also, don't forget, he's known these players for a long time and it's not just a, a club, it's not just a player-manager relationship. He's known them a lot on a personal level. With Ericsson, he's taken them out for dinner before. You know, I think he then finds it maybe very hard to then suddenly detract himself yeah, I, from being think, the player and the manager. Point. You've got to look at that, I think, as well. I That's probably a reason why. I think part of it, it's, it's a bit chicken and egg in the sense that we need the consistency to, to get into a rhythm. But the trouble is, when he, whoever he brings in doesn't really grab the shirt. Lucas Moore a Sunday, prime example. We've all waited. Yeah. Lots yeah. and lots of people get Lucas Moore in the yeah. team. Lucas Moore plays, was poor. Then, then he'll make another change. We, we all talked about Eric Dyer coming back for the Brighton game. Eric Dyer came in, was absolutely abysmal at Brighton. Mm. So when he has changed it, the players invariably that have come in haven't grabbed that shirt and really made the most of it. So he's second-guessing all the time. He, we, we left Jan out at the start of the season. Everyone said we don't concede those goals to Newcastle and mm. things like that. Yeah. If Jan's on the pitch, 
Yan comes back, we still look a shambles with Yan in the team. So, so I think what does he do then, Jace? But what does he do there, okay, then for this weekend when he's seen Foyth have a good game? Uh, no, he's seen no, Session make an impact. He's seen the Chelsea uh, play well. What does he do now then? Does it, he does he change me, it? For me, you pick same t- <laughs> for me, you pick ten of those players again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. But back. in reality, do we think he's going to do that? I think the only way you'll get the consistency of team selection from him is if we pick up seventeen injuries. <laughs> Mm. He, he just doesn't do, like 90 there's a stat 90 he just don't, like the, that's like astonishing the, isn't it it's, it's, it's astonishing it's the, you know we, we picked this up on the defensive side of the game all last season but and I didn't I didn't pick it up on the rest of the team but that is yeah. an astounding statistic whereby you know um, Claude Renieri in, in his time at Chelsea was, tink, uh, was tinker nicknamed man. the tinker yeah. man I mean he Potch is the tinker man. I can't see when you look back through when I was talking about the Leicester winning the title and Chelsea winning the title against us earlier when, when me and Rick was having our ding dong. What, what you also don't realise is that they had the same team virtually every but week, you know week in, week out. I think you know what I mean? 15, 16 season though, if you look at our team, you could have named nine out of the 11, couldn't you? You remember? Yeah. Rose, Walker, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Dele Alli in midfield, Moussa Dembele, Hugo Lloris, Harry Kane. Like, yeah, you knew was, the team. Pretty much. And that was the team yeah, was really invariably every single week. And I think when you get that as well, you, you get those natural understandings. So Toby and Yan was a genuine partnership, yeah. wasn't it? And as soon as you break that and it's Sanchez and and Yan or it's Dyer and Toby, it doesn't matter. It never looks the same. So there are certain positions on the pitch where I think you genuinely have to have that. In midfield, If your holding player in midfield has got to know when I'm here, that player can run. And when he runs, I'm sitting here. And you, you only get that through those natural partnerships with, with constant playing. What's, what's really I think one or two changes a game, fine but you can't make five or six and expect to get that rhythm. I think what's really interesting about that when you talk about the holding midfield role is that I think maybe I'm in a minority. I don't think I am now. I thought when we signed Tungon with Dembele, I thought he was going to be like a holding midfielder. I thought I thought that's what the role he, he was going to do. But he doesn't really do that no. well. He's more of a, a number eight, I suppose, box to box and all, all them sorts of cliches. But but I still think we're missing that that mm. kind of, I don't know what you want to say, like an enforcer. Do you know what I mean? Like when when Wanyama and Dyer were on form a couple of seasons ago, you knew that, that they would pick up the pieces. They would do the dirty work. I still don't think even a Harry Winks and eleven. I think I think we've tried to make diamond formation to fit Harry in the team because he's not a natural midfield enforcer, is he? But he sit at the bottom of the diamond and and, and maybe uh, um, uh, you know spray balls forward or whatever. But he's not like a an enforcer. I don't know. Do you, do you agree or not? No, he's not. The interesting thing, I think, Saturday, Sheffield, Sheffield United have looked like they got lots of runners from midfield. Mm. And that's when you perhaps want somebody who's going to genuinely sit in that hole and make sure those runs runs are checked. And my worry, I suppose, with, with Ndombele and Sissoko is they can both go forward. And a couple of times, even last night, you see them both go at the same time. That leaves you a massive hole. Well, 93 games for the manager and he selected a different lineup. Who will he select to play Sheffield United? We're going to be looking at that game in the next hour because there is another hour still of the Spurs fan show. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on we've Spurs. We've made up. We've made up. Your friends. Kiss yeah, to man. made up. That's we've had a nice selfie to together. It. Loving oh, it. I don't yeah. Know. 
Yeah. What a beautiful selfie that yep. is. Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen. Well, me and Jason are blossoming bromances continuing off in the corner while we watch you two. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking okay, everything. What kind of show about, is this? Yeah. Where's this going? I knew as soon as is I said it. after thought, the watershed? I thought, this is a mistake. <laughs> but we live and learn. Is that called sleeping with the enemy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hello. I've completely lost my trail hello. of thought. We're talking about Spurs, though. And we're talking about the game on the weekend at East Sheffield United. What team will they play? A lot of the times, the manager, as we know, 93 games and a different lineup selected every single time. Let's quickly talk. The focus is still on Spurs, but today it was the England squad announcement and it was announced that Gareth Southgate hasn't selected Delhi. Maybe a surprise, maybe not. Ricky, what did you make of it? I am delighted. I'm bloody happy that Deli Ali is not in that England squad because at the moment he needs to focus on getting back to 100% with Tottenham. And I think he's getting close to being back to his best. I think in the recent weeks, Deli's picked up form. We've seen a couple of goals, a couple of assists. And I think actually for Spurs, selfishly, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a Tottenham fan first and foremost, not really much of an England fan. All I care about really is seeing Deli Ali doing well for Tottenham. And I'm really, really pleased that he's not in that England squad because I think long-term, Delhi will get back to his best. He's a confidence player. He needs a run of games. And I'm hoping he's now going to start getting that run. Lee? Yeah, I love Delhi. Um, I backed him in the week when he was getting some grief from some of the mainstream media's uh, um, and analysts. And uh, I think he needs to play um, to, to get his confidence. I think he's a pure confidence player I think people forget he's 23 years old uh, what he's done so far is is, is amazing uh, uh, like Rick I've, I'm quite happy that he's not in England set up the only caveat I'd say to that is that because he needs games to get confidence he could have got a couple of games yeah. in his international break that would have allowed him to get more confidence and if he t- rocks up for England and scores two goals that's going to leave him in good stead. But I think I think coming back... I, I think also, that, a change of scenery for him, Lee. Maybe to go maybe, off with the England boys. Maybe, you know? but I think... Charlie, I think that as, as, as mere mortal fans, I think we, we forget sometimes that these players are absolute machines. They're mm. athletes. And, it is, and we talk about it all the time. Jason and I always say it's about fine margins. And the thing is with elite athletes or, you know, uh, elite people is that if it's one scrap of doubt in their mind that that hamstring is going to snap, if you power off, you lose a half a yard or a little bit of pace because of that, it could really um, you know, affect his game. And that's why slowly but surely he has to come back. And that's why I think that he needs them games to get that confidence back in, not only just himself, um, because he's still playing, doing all the flicks and tricks. He's still trying all the passes, so he still thinks he's got the ability, but maybe it's in the back of his mind. Look at Michael Owen all them years ago when he snapped his hamstring and done all them injuries and stuff. Was he ever the same player? I'm not saying it's the same as Delhi, but it must have something in the back of your mind, surely, no, Jace? I think it does, but but I wasn't surprised that he wasn't picked for England. He's, he scored, scored a lovely goal at Everton. Really pleased to see him do that. He had the chance to do it again last night, didn't take it. Um, Are you surprised that Danny Rose has been called up? I'm stunned. <laughs> um, That's absolutely yeah, baffling, isn't it? How is Danny Rose, you know, Danny Rose up? been called me, up? Curtis O'Bang is a much better <laughs> Unbelievable. But, but How no, has he been overlooked? Back, back to Delhi. <laughs> back to Delhi. I think the goals have been nice, but his all-round performances are still nowhere near what they what they were. And in fairness, we, we've talked about we want to see... Tottenham picked the same side to get into a consistent rhythm and England won their last game, what, 6-1 without Deli Alley. So why would they call up Deli Alley? 
They've just won 6-1 without him. There's, there's no need to, is there? Their, their midfield obviously worked perfectly well against Bulgaria. Therefore, why would you chat? Why who would you leave out the England side that's just won 6-1 to fit in and out of form Deli Alley? Are you surprised so, Winks though is in the squad then if he's not well, getting he to the Tottenham that, team? Well he played Bulgaria and they won six one with Winks in the side. Yeah, so. What would you think about him not playing for Gar- Tottenham? Gareth recently? Southgate has to pick the yep. side that, that he's doing the job for Gareth Southgate. Of course, They've yep. just won 6-1. Why wouldn't he keep that side? Mm. It's a fair point, to be fair. I mean, just back on Delhi. Spurs won 5 0. The manager didn't keep that side. Well, yeah. So <laughs> we're criticising for yeah, and, we, and we are giving, <laughs> him, yeah, we're giving him jip, aren't we? I mean, I think with Delhi, I, I generally do think he's a superstar. When you watch Delhi Alley live, no matter how good or bad his form's been, when you go there and watch him live, like, we all, like we've all done, just do just do Delhi cam for five, five minutes or so. Just literally what. The off-the-ball movement that he does, the space that he creates, the the niggly player that he can be against the opposition, it in half open up. And Kane, in my opinion, thrives off of that. Like he took to be able to open up some clear spaces. And uh, there, there was there was a moment yesterday in the game uh, when I saw Kane and Delhi playing together. That I still don't think they were quite. hitting the mark together like they did before. Before, it was like telepathy. They knew where it was each other. Mm. I mean, that ball that Kane played last season when we knocked out the uh, Woolwich uh, in the quarterfinal of the League Cup and Deli Alli went on to score. I mean, absolutely. It's just perfect stuff going on and they're not quite there yet, but that's why I'm keen for them to get games together because I think that, you know, getting games together is going to be good for us in the long run. I think Son's also Part of that three, he's a very important player, and the way you I want think, to talk about him, as yeah. Well, again, you, I, yeah. you know, there's been a lot made about him in Son, and I think you discussed about the the, uh, the Everton change itself. But I thought the way he came back, and there was concerns if he was in the right mental state of mind to play. Um, Sonny, for me, he's again, he's taken like a lot of stick from maybe non-Spurs fans. I was surprised by your guys' comments on him with the with the with the tackle. Um, I think. <laughs> I think it was the right decision to overturn that, if I'm being honest with you. If anyone knows Sonny as a person, as a player, um, he wouldn't really hurt a soul. And I totally understand the reasons as to why some may have felt it shouldn't have been overturned. But I think with Son, the, the player he is, he's such a classy guy. And that celebration last night, and I know some people are saying it's over the top, but that's just the way Sonny is. He's such a mm. humble individual. No, that is, it, and yeah, he's, he's you down can see to that. earth. And I think he's such a great player. And I think what just differentiates Son from maybe the top, top players is they just do it on a regular basis. Sonny can, with his form, if it's regular for him, he will definitely be up there as in one of the best players in the world. There's no doubt about it. It's just finding that consistency. But I'm so pleased to have him in this Tottenham team. And from a class perspective... As a as a fan, I'm so proud to have someone like that representing our football club. Obviously, a lot was made of that challenge. Sorry, Jace, just quickly uh, when it did happen, and obviously mm-hmm. a lot of Spurs fans were saying he's not that way, he's not that way, and it, it sort of created a little mini storm in the media, saying, "Well, if someone's not that way, they they might not be that way inclined. But if they've done the foul, they've done the foul, they've done it. You can't really say they've not the way the foul happened. Where do you stand on that, Ricky? Yeah, listen. <laughs> Because it, it is obviously tricky and it is a muddy water. It, listen, it was a foul. I don't think some He didn't go in there with the intention to hurt him. And again, we've mm. heard subsequently since that he's texted Andre Gomez, wished him well. And listen, players make mistakes. But if you watch his game, he's far from a malicious player, is he? Mm. Been no, on the field. not a malicious player. I'd, I'd have actually made him captain at Everton mm. in the in the, the absence of Kane yep. and, and Hugo and Vertonghen. I was surprised Ben Davis was. Well, it was again, a good decision, wasn't it? it was that's just... kind of another strange one, isn't it? He's preferred Rose over Davis all season. The whole season. And then when he calls Davis in, he's he makes captain. him captain. It's another strange bizarre. one. But I thought Sonny should have been captain. It wasn't a red card. I have no, no problems with the decision being overturned. Mm. Yeah. All I said was, personally, I wouldn't have appealed. 
I was going to ask you actually, both, both uh, you know, you, you guys, do you think he is in the world class bracket? And I think you've just no. uh, you've just actually answered that in terms of he's probably a bracket be- behind. But you know, the the amount of what he does for his country, for example, mm. oh, yeah. is 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 massive. I mean, absolutely revered all over yeah. Southeast Asia. So so the reality is, is he world class? But you're, you're I, saying I mean, no I as well. I said to you, didn't I? In the past as well with Sonny, I don't think anyone. I mean, having lived in Asia for twelve yeah, yeah, for years, sure. I know it. Nobody understands the pressure he's under. It is Beckham-esque out there because, mm. you know, I said it before, when Neymar's playing for Brazil, Argentina don't like Neymar. When, when Messi's playing, Brazil don't like Messi. When Sonny's playing for Korea, the whole of that continent is behind him because he goes to tournaments as the star and they all want to see him play as the star. Mm. When Japan are knocked out, we want to see Son play well. When Brazil are knocked out, they don't want Argentina to win, do they? Mm. When England are knocked out, we don't want the Germans to win, however good you know, Meza Ozil used to be or whatever, you know, so, but he carries that whole continent's mm. nations on his hand, on his shoulders. Yeah, for sure. Uh, massive, massive pressure. Well, wh- wh- whatever tier he's in, world class or the tier below, I'll tell you one tier I do believe he's in, I think he's massively over, uh, underrated. If overrated. Yeah, underrated. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. He, yeah, I, was gonna I mean, say, he couldn't be any more underrated, I believe, for how good he is. Do you think he is underrated? Yeah, I, I think do, because outside I, Spurs fans he is. Yeah, so. I, I think he's yeah. hugely, hugely underrated. I actually don't hear anything other than praise for him by, by supporters of other clubs and by pundits. I think everyone now talks of Sonny as a top player. I, I can't remember the last time Sonny wasn't wasn't referred to as a top player. Well, when I maybe then say underrated, and I still believe he is, but then if you go, oh, name five or six players in the Premier League you love to see, people might go, oh, De Bruyne, Art Silva, and, and they yeah, wouldn't yeah. mention him when he should be in that bracket, whether he's world-class mm. or not. Yeah. And Fair I point. don't think he would be mentioned no. when he should be. He's a top player, and again, I think the difference will be if Sonny was to... <laughs> it's a very hard task, you know, to, to actually the way maybe Eden Hazard took Chelsea by storm where he would be you know having an there was impact a great stat about him wasn't there in the Champions game. League goals and yeah, uh, yeah. Son, yeah yeah with Son I mean I say Sonny now is what I think he's a joint top scorer in, in the Champions League as, as, you know, he's, and he's, he's a forward he's not a, a striker um, but he, he's a really really good player and again I will just say that I, I did like that celebration I think it was a real show of humility from him I didn't think it was over the top that is if anyone's watched Sonny play for Tottenham especially his last four or five seasons that is Sonny he's emotional we saw it we saw well. him on the bench a couple of weeks ago the way he got the frustrated. great thing with him is he can go left or right yep. he can score with both feet and he scores some fantastic goals. Crucial goals. You know, when, as well. when, you, when you look at Tottenham's best goals of a season, and, yeah. and you see the top ten, I bet seven are usually from him. Yeah, for <laughs> it's, sure. It's astonishing the quality of goals he scores. Yeah. It's fantastic. Just uh, you, you talk about kind of going under the radar, or you know, underrated, or, or you know, the, the term that you use. I think that's that there just proves it that he's he's top goal scorer in the champ. No one's talking about that. That's what. No, no one's even talking about it. He's a top yeah. goal scorer in the yeah. Champions League this year. No one's even talking about it. And if we wouldn't have had this conversation, if that, if that was that's, Messi, that if that was Messi, to, you know, everyone would be like raving on about yeah. it. But the reality is, that, you know, and and he, I'm, I love him. I absolutely love him. And he's pieces. probably he's in brilliant. a team where a lot of the love goes to Harry Kane, as it should. But you know, you've got a few. Oh, do you know what I've also, players, got a lot but, of love in the stadium, though. I think I say he's, yeah. he's got a lot of, a lot of South Koreans now at the stadium. You know, from a marketing perspective, Spurs. I think what he has done, he's brought a, a huge fan base with him, which is great for the football club as well you know the way he's with Tottenham now they've got, they've got a massive fan base for Sonny should I tell you what I miss and this again sounds like a bit stupid but I love a bit of fun and being a bit of a, um, a, a wally myself I love all that handshake I miss it 
You know, when someone is playing score and they do a handshake and it's him in Delhi and all. Dude, but you know you what? Think, one before I, think, the show. I think it's so important. Look, I, I, generally, I think this in, in life in general. I think it's, people say to me, oh, how can you be so optimistic all the time? And some people think I'm deluded, but other th- people think it's infectious, to, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, you've got to come in to yeah. work with a smile on your face. You've got to be happy. You've got to make sure that, you know, and, and Son has that. He has a smile on his face every single time, other than that. that um, uh, that injury the other day that he, that he uh, ultimately caused. What, I, I liked your handshake with Ricky when you grabbed him around the throat. I think <laughs> that was off air, mate. We said we weren't going to bring yeah. it up. It, it was positive. But, you know, though, it I like is important, isn't it? it? You know, you go, you go into a workplace, you go into a team. It's a team effort. People got to be pulling in the right direction. You got to have a smile on your face. You got to try and have fun while you're doing yeah. it. Look, look, like a really, really good friend of mine, Jason. Not this one, but uh, another one. He's not oh, your good friend. No, no, he's a good friend. <laughs> not shaking your hand. No, for sure. But look, a really good friend of mine says that we're lucky uh, if we're on the planet for 90 years. It's a 90-year holiday. You know, at the end of the day, we've got 90 years to prove something. Go and have fun doing it. Bobby, go on, this... for God's sake. Time's running out here. Well, but, uh, you, again, it's, it's taking negative connotation on saying it should be really positive and optimistic. And it's going in and get them handshakes back. Potch, go and get a haircut. Bring the get yourself back. sorted Bring the out. Back. Come on. Is, is that what's missing at Spurs at the minute, yes. maybe? That fun yes. element with the players Come on. When, when they celebrated... Have a look. Go back and have a look at the celebrations. When was the last time we scored a goal and we went mental? Last night, you saw Harry, when that second goal went in, you saw Harry pump, uh, fist pump. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, because it, it for his team. But no one's really going over and sliding on their knees or going mental when we scored. No one. Yeah, like, it could be because no we went star Belgrade and it's no, not but it's Chelsea away. Oh, uh, what yep. about the Palace game when we when we smashed them? When we when we go, when Lamella scores an equaliser at Man City, who, who went and celebrated? I think no you will really see it, though. I do genuinely think you'll see over a consistent period if Spurs do get the results you will see that to give us come back it, that's what I mean it has to come yeah. back but Leah yeah, they also you know they're aware the exposure on social media they do the knee slide they do the handshake people go oh it's only Red Star you know they know what goes on are they a little bit I don't know what the right word is Bloody not frightened social but, media. but Honestly, it's true it plays I mean, a massive on. part well maybe but you know I'd, ra- I'd rather them go and get a bit of stick on social media and get three points every week than mm. like, be a bit worried about social media and not go and get it do you know what I mean it's kind of like look guys they're, they're Professional footballers go in, get some. You know, last night when when Ericsson scored and they kind of smothered him a little bit. It was a little bit Ericsson. Would you be going near him at the moment? No, but that's the point, isn't it? It's like it's one. Let's be controversial. Why? Why can't you? Why, why? can't you celebrate? Why can't you go get in now? I've just scored because my form's been awful. What a celebration that is! No, but you know what? You know what I'm coming from. <laughs> get in now. Get in. Just scored. Well, I can't. I can't <laughs> see, we're on the radio, so I can't show what well, I would actually do. Well, celebration <laughs> today. Come fair. on, welcome YouTube. He, he laid down the, point, the, the, the point being is that you know you've got to try and enjoy yourselves, and if you're scoring goals, people tell me I've never been a professional footballer, um, and, and I'd like. Yeah, of course. The point Hang being on. is that, that you know when you're scoring goals, they're telling us it is the hardest thing to do in football, but it's the best feeling ever. Well, let's show us then, because that's what we want to get excited about. And people tell me when I had a go at the fans get, uh, at home at the Newcastle game because the atmosphere it's was shocking. Game. Here we go. People come back to me. Oh, the, the team have got to give us something to cheer about this that and the other well let's all celebrate together then get behind the team and celebrate when we're winning we win 4-0 let's go and smash it come on exactly be careful them claps it might do your ears in (laughs) (laughs) get in there get in there come on you Spurs that's the celebration I've wanted we're going to come back and talk about Sheffield United love sports
You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen and Jason McGovern. We are now going to turn our attentions to the game on the weekend. It is Sheffield United. They are flying high under Chris Wilder. Their first season being back in the Premier League. First time for 12 years. Least amount of goals conceded up there with Liverpool. Really solid unit. They come to Spurs on the weekend. Let's do a big preview of the game. We still want to hear from you though tonight. So tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us. 0208 70 20 558. We did have a tweet in, and it was saying, I agree with you three. Glad Delhi is not in the England squad. Let him rest and recover. Amen. So thank you for that one. You can but also send your knee slide photos and <laughs> pictures in to see you whether or not you can beat Jason's. He's going to go down A&E afterwards because I think yeah, he's yeah. just busted his kneecap. <laughs> just, I'll give it a nine, Jason. Uh, uh, Solid nine. Did I get it? You did you get it. You got it. Talking to someone who gets it, will he be playing on the weekend? We will be talking about about this game because obviously the manager does like to change that lineup. It is Sheffield United and I'm sensing Ricky, you're not going into this game with much confidence. I mean, I'm going into it more confident than what I was past the Everton game because obviously we won during the week, mm. but again, I'll be depending on my confidence will be when I see the team sheet come out before mm. the game an hour before it and depending on who's on it. I mean, if he will be putting the majority of those players in from Red Star Belgrade, then of course I think Spurs Cat will be in anyone. If we're going to see the same names on there that have been there in the previous weeks, the likes of Batongan, Alderweireld, Rose, Oria, then I am going to be massively concerned, to be honest. Yeah, Lee, what what do you think? Well, we said at the beginning of the show, didn't we? And you've just pulled off some ridiculous stats there in terms of their defensive record, as good as Liverpool's. They ain't won a, a loss in away game in the Premier League yet. There, uh, Chris Wilder's got them. You know, it, again, it becomes a cliche, doesn't it? Football really well organised it, but but he has. I mean, he knows that win. Jay said earlier um, at the beginning of the show that they break quickly as well. They're going to cause us problems. And forget the name, you know, that we could be playing Liverpool or, or Man City. Do you know what I mean? Like, because they are going to be very, very tough. Uh, 26 to get a clean sheets since the start of last season, which again, is the most in the English again, league. It's confidence, isn't it? Like, mm. regardless of what league you're playing in, if you are winning and you've got clean sheets and, you, and you, you've got a systematic approach to getting them clean sheets, it's ingrained in you and your players and your system, and they, they're working in that way. Regardless of what level you're playing, you, you, can, you, can up, you, can, you can take it up to that level, and they've proved that they can do that. Uh, but again, uh, you know, and I've said this, and my unwavering support, I support Potts through and through, all that sort of stuff, but I don't agree with picking Ericsson. He would never be in nowhere near my squad. But, but uh, and, I, and I've said that, in, you know, loads of times. The contract rebels, as I'm talking about them on Twitter, the six that Ricky just mentioned, the Rosie, all of the world, the Yan, uh, Aurier, Ro, um, uh, Wanyama and Ericsson. Don't, don't plan. Don't put them anywhere near. But Potts will. And that's the frustration, definitely with me at the moment. Not necessarily do I think he can turn it around, I think he can, and that sort of stuff, but I think he will play Christian Eriksen because he will look at it and he'll say, how do I un- uh, unlock this defence? How do I unlock this team? And it and it probably go to the man that's done it for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Which seems mad when you've just seen a man over 90 minutes like Giovanni de Chelsea play so well, and why not give I him... I mean, I'm hope I'm wrong. Right, listen, we all hope we're wrong. We all want to see him change the team over and play the similar team to Red Star Belgrade but Jace uh, history tells you he might not do that no that's that's why I said I, I fear he's not going to turn this around because it wouldn't surprise me if there's five or six changes again uh, I can definitely see Christian Eriksen coming into the side I think Toby will I think Oria comes back and, and why then, though why do they Rick, I'm not saying I agree yeah, with but, why, it, but why do you think he won't why I do you know. think he might not have a change he, of heart he this just, week no I've never seen him have a change of heart. So yeah. when he has a change of heart, then perhaps I can be a bit more confident of it. But I think we all fear 
that we'll make four or five changes. I'd make one, and that's it. But do you not think he must look at it and think, I have to start getting results soon? Stubbornness, is it? Like, is he oh, stubborn? Yeah, I mean, is he, I is think he, we all know Maurizio is stubborn. managing the 29 players, because he's referenced all that all at least four or five times, isn't he? Oh, all I say, Rick, is when, you, when you say he knows he's got to get a result soon, I still think he picks a side that he thinks will get him a result. He doesn't bring Christian Eriksen and think, I want to lose today. No, but when he looks back at our form over this last... OK. It's not good enough. No, but but when he sees the results this season, he must see the trend that he's picking the same yes. players that are letting him down. Surely as a manager, you have to look and think, OK, if these players are letting me down, I've got to change it, haven't yes, I? absolutely he should do. But yeah. there isn't a sign of him doing that, which is why I say I don't see him turning this form around. Well, you're mentioning uh, the Spurs perspective, obviously. In a little bit, we're going to be talking to James Shield from the Sheffield Star to get the Sheffield United perspective. Let's put the focus on them. Obviously, we mentioned how good they are defensively. The clean sheets, 26, which is the most in English football since the last last season. What have you seen of them so far that not concerns you on the weekend, but worries you? Where can they pose a threat to Spurs, Ricky? Well, I just think they're, they're very hard to beat. You know, don't concede many goals. I think the three defeats I've had this season have all been by a single goal. They're, what, five places ahead of us in the league three points uh, ahead of us as well. So this is going to be a very tricky team for Spurs to try and break down. And my concern also is how they're going to be on the counter-attack. Because if they do sit in, they can break on Tottenham. And this is where Spurs have to be switched on defensively. Mm. And that's why, for me, I mean, you've got to play players that are currently in form. Four if she's had a really good game. Stick with him. Ryan Sessing has just had a really good 10, 15-minute cameo. Give him a start. Give him it's a start It's not as if he's home. never played in the Premier League exactly. before. Right? Well, yeah, the whole season you, there last year. you pick him at left-back. I would, yeah. I would give right, Sessing right, okay. Would you? I mean, unless no, no, oh, oh, Davis. played further forward Yeah, or Davis. Again, Danny night. Rose at the moment, uh, just based on that performance again last night, I think JC picked up on it. 88th minute. He's given away a ridiculous foul. A, a ridiculous foul that really doesn't need to be made. At the moment, again, with Danny, I wouldn't have him anywhere near that first 11. So for me, Davis or Session comes in at left back and then he's got a decision to make at centre-half. Dyer's played really well and this is one of the frustrations that when a player does seem to play well, he doesn't get the opportunity to then do it again the next week. It was quite interesting that Dyer's, if, if, if uh, listeners um, saw it, Estelle, you guys saw it as well, is when Dyer was interviewed uh, by Reshma Tradra after the game and, he, and she, she asked him a question and sort of said, you know, personally, what does it mean for you? And I thought I thought it was quite an interesting answer because instead of kind of going giving your stock answer like football would, oh you know yeah it's fantastic or, or you know, he, he kind of went yeah you know it's, it's really good but you know ho- hopefully I've done enough to get him to the side the next time around. And I yeah. just thought because he doesn't even know does he? No, like, mm. he, no there wasn't enough confidence in him mm. to turn and go well you know yeah I'm, I've had a few injuries and, and I'm back now and I'm playing and it's great. The way he said it was just in, enjoyable to play a game or something. Yeah, it's it's like I'm grateful. It's to, if, yeah. yeah, it's as if he knows that he's. he's you know, he's a real bit part player. And, you know, in amongst people saying you don't leave Ericsson out because you've got to keep him on board and things like that, you've got to do that to others in the squad. And, you know, as I made the point earlier, when when you see Ericsson play, when you see Eric Dyer play poorly and get left out, and when you see Lucas Mora play poorly and get left out, and those are committed to the club, and they look at Ericsson and think, but he plays poorly and keeps getting picked, that doesn't do their, their confidence or self-esteem much good. Where does Winks... Get a game now, or does he get a game? I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm a bigger Winks fan than than a lot of people, and I think when there's runners from midfield, then I then I the way that we defend at the moment, I kind of do want a little bit more protection in there. But but um, I think you have to. I think this is a game you just have to stick with what we've we've just come back with three points from. It's 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 a game where you think you know what it's time to set the tone and let's go with that side with the exception at left-back. 
I got I got three three or four teams here. I've done a bit of research in my book of knowledge. Like uh, yeah, a bit a bit of book of knowledge. And K, KWP's name has come up on, on it a couple of times. Uh, I don't think he's going to be getting a game. But he's from, in Potter's book. He's, just, he's, he's definitely not in Potter's book, <laughs> is he? That's for yeah. sure. So so we'll have him out. But let's just go through some some names. Uh, obviously, Gazaniga. To be fair to him, he has played you know well uh, and, and and done some good saves. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. So. It's just whether or not you, you play a, a Foyt and a Davison and a Davis in a back three because Davis can play the left side of the centre-back situation. He plays there in a three for Wales. Or whether or not you, you bring Dyer in there, whether or not you play a back uh, a back four or, or a back three you know, against that Sheffield United piece. You know, I'll just throw some names out there. So you've got Foyt, Davison, Davis, Sess and... Um, KWP or Honorier, uh, although he wouldn't be nowhere near my side. Uh, Dyer, Ndombele, Winks, and then you've got Son, Lamella, Deli Alley, and Kane, or you've got Son, Lamella, Lachelso. Now he's got a, a 90 minutes under him. Uh, Lamella's not fit, so you'd put in, uh, you know, your front four could be Son, Deli, Kane, and Lachelso, which for me seems yep. like an amazing front four because Lamella's kind of on the bench. Undombele Winks or Undombele Sissoko, that's another quandary. Or is it is it Winks Sissoko? I mean, what what's he going to go with here? Um, and like you said earlier, you know that that kind of sitting midfielder, there's there's no one there if, if, if on that side of things. I don't think playing a diamond works personally. I don't think you should be going for a diamond. So you know, one thing's for sure, I wouldn't have Eriksen, Wanyama, or over Tong and all the road or Rose anywhere near that first team. But again, I'm not Poch, like we all know. Sis, Sis, and Sels. Sess and Sells. Sess and Sells. Sess and Dumbele. Would you have, who do you have in the middle? Who do you have in the middle? And Dumbele. And Sissoko for me. Referees in the middle usually. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd have box in, to box, mate. You'd have at the moment Dumbele Sissoko, wouldn't you, at the moment? Yeah, I think, like I say, I, the only change I'd make is Ben Davis would come in at left back from that side. Mm. It's, I think it's a unique thing. We have got to go with what's worked. Do you know what? I think the fans would get such, a, such a, a lot of confidence going into that stadium if that team came out yep. and it was just a one change. I think everyone would feel so much more confident because otherwise you're sitting there thinking, oh. And in, in a strange way, when Lee talks about the crowd involvement, you're yep. right. I think if that team sheet comes out and it's the same 11 or maybe there's one change, the crowd will go in there buzzing. I think if they go in and they see five or six changes in Ericsson, it'll just kill the, the atmosphere yeah, at minute sure. one. So I've, I've written it, this is right down in, my, in the little corner here, uh, and this was a, a few days ago before before the midweek game, I wrote down Gazaniga, Foyt, Davison, Dyer and Davies, Undombele and Winks, Lo Celso, Deli, Son and Kane. So we're kind of, you, you're maybe looking at Winks for Sissoko. Yeah, in, in that yeah, team, would, yeah, but, at the but our back four, we're going with a back four for it, and um, Davis on one side with Davison and Dyer. General agreement from the from the from the guys here with the that last one. I mean, yeah. None of them contract rebels win. Well, huh? there you go, and it's a team that could get the three points on the weekend. Do you agree? Let us know. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Or call us 0208-7020-558. Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Liam McQueen and Jason McGovern. We have turned our attentions to the game on the weekend, Sheffield United. There is still time for you to have your say on the game. Call us 0208 558 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. We were talking a little bit about some Spurs players going under the radar. Have Sheffield United League gone a little bit under the radar this season? Because no one would have maybe predicted the flying start they have had 
just promoted to the Premier League. They're surprising a few people. People were looking at Villa spending that money, you know, but Sheffield United have done very, very good and Norwich have sort of faded away after their bright start. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, after after a period of 10 games, uh, nine nine or 10 games, it starts shaping up. I don't, I don't really think you can start to look at the table until Christmas. Uh, the fixtures run after Christmas really shows w- where it's going to be. Uh, you, you could probably take out Liverpool, Man City in that comment on the basis that, you know, they're, they're flying. But other than that, I think the table starts to shape it up. And, you know, with all due respect, I, I think they've done an amazing job and I think they've been brilliant. But they're not going to be in the top eight come come the end of the season they're, just not, they're not going to be there so fair play to him and I hope that you know uh, to a certain degree it doesn't start on, on Saturday but you know if they prove me wrong that's fine but the reality of the situation is that you know once all the dust settles and the leaves fall all the way around the top six will probably be the same top six it has been for the last X amount of years it's just in what type of order um, and I hope that's, that starts on Saturday with a Spurs win yeah, and we're going to be joined by James Shield from the Sheffield start in just a little bit, Ricky. But knowing James from the Sheffield United fan, he will say, that, as every fan says when they play him, you know, it is Sheffield United, they won't be there, you know, good side, but we should beat them. But they're getting the results where no one expulses, you know. They beat, they've beaten Arsenal, they've yeah. beaten Burnley, yeah. you know. they West Ham couldn't find a way to break them down. Liverpool got that. There was a Dean Henderson error. They just about got that result 1-0. Sheffield United, you know, maybe they're being written off just that little bit too much. Yeah, I think also they'll probably look forward to playing Tottenham at this time. Because, mm. hope. Well, listen, we're all hoping at some point in the season Spurs are going to be on a decent run of form where we aren't going to be sitting there talking about where our next, you know, consistent run of wins is kind of coming from. So Sheffield United you know will go into this game with real confidence. And being the away side, I think, suits them because they know the first goal in this game is crucial. If they get that, if they get that away goal, crucial. then, you know, the home fans, this is my thing that, again, I could go back to the team lineup where if you pick a team that fans are going to warm to, you are going to get that 100% back in the stadium. Whereas I feel like if he does put out a team, Jason, we've said earlier, that is, again, a mixed match of players that you know some don't want to be there, fans are already going to be infuriated by that and you might not get, you might not get that positive support that you would get if you were 1-0 down, if you see where I'm coming from. Yeah, but I think the first goal is important, but I think even if we score first, I've got so much, so much respect and admiration for the way they've, they've come up that I certainly don't think just because we score first we go on and win the game. There's, there, there are, there's a lot more to Sheffield United. They, they battle, they work hard, they do all the, the bad things of the game, the stereotypical the things, game, yeah. but my word... I mean, the, the three goals they scored last week were high, high quality yeah, goals. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant football and nothing but admiration for them. And if they go 1-0 down at Tottenham, they'll still know in their minds, Tottenham are vulnerable. They've thrown leads away. We're still in this game. Do they come up there then thinking Spurs are a wounded animal? It's great yeah. to play them now, yeah, yeah. or do they feel like oh we, we're fearing a bounce back no, here? I don't, I don't, no, think, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think, think they, they fear, fear anyone at the moment. I think they could go to Manchester City and, and wouldn't go there in fear at the moment. They're just full of it. They full of vibrancy, full of energy, full of life, full of enjoyment. Totally embracing the Premier League, and they're they're everything that. I'd like us to be at the moment. I really like their manager. And do you know what I like about Sheffield United, some of their players, their defenders, that when they make a tackle, they celebrate that as if that's scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. I want Tottenham to get back to that, especially our back line. That's what Lee said. Yeah. I, I, a few I more knee slides. Yeah, more, more knee slides. More but knee honestly, slides, genuinely, mate. when you see these guys go into changes and they win the ball, there's almost that camaraderie, that, that mm. yes... They've won the tackle. We need to get back to that. And, you know, that's a team that's They'll fighting. They'll have to match them for intensity, but won't they, on the weekend, That's a team fighting for their manager. But you have to win a tackle first, mate. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Danny Rose will. He gets it.
He gets it. He gets it. He gets it. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I don't mean to be disrespectful to them in, in, in terms of that. It's just my, my opinion before. I, I think that no, if the yeah. Spurs players' attitude are the same as what I've just said on air, that we'll lose the game. So don't get me wrong. But, you know, if they go in there thinking, oh, yeah, but it's Sheffield United, they're not going to, they're going to fall away. And in. everyone said that about Leicester and, well, and yeah. they won the title. So just on knows? Leicester, back to what you said about the table. I think that's one team that they have. They're a team that Spurs do need to worry about Leicester this season because when we talk about top six, top seven, that's another team now that I think are really, really pushing for a top four spot. The way they're playing Leicester at the moment, I think they are. Well, it's going to be a brilliant game this, uh, this weekend, isn't it? You're playing Arsenal. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out the true colours, wouldn't we? We'll find out the true yeah. colours of what they can do. You know, they went to Liverpool and they lost, uh, which most teams unluckily, do. Unluckily, though, Leicester. You know, they, they, they really they, well, we, we went to Leicester and, and we unluckily lost. Uh, but most of the fans would have you say that we got absolutely battered and you know, we should have we lost 15-0. But, you know, the reality is it was it was a VAR situation that turned the game on its head. So, you know, again, it's fine margins. I, I still think that, you know, over the course of 38 games, the, the consistency level with a Brendan Rodgers team and and Leicester, the, the team that they've got, will drop off. Do you think That's we'll finish above Leicester? Yeah, 100% I think that. Just quickly. I won't guarantee it though because you killed me for guaranteeing <laughs> stuff. Earlier. You can't guarantee but, it, mate. But, you you know, cannot guarantee it. The thing is, people talk about deluded or you know reality versus... I, I don't care. Or guarantees. Well, I don't care whether it's reality or not. That is what I believe. That is yeah, how no. I motivate. It's how I stay positive. It's how I yeah. look at that and I say, of course I believe my team's going to finish above Leicester. Like, hello, why would I think that they, why would I go through life thinking that we're not going to finish above Leicester? How negative is that? Like, I still think that we can catch Man City. Because it's a dream. Mm. Who, who have a, who's having a go at me for having dreams? No. Who's right, having a go at me? I agree with you in both pills later. No, but I agree with you in both those statements. But it was when you said 100% we can't say that Leicester are going to finish top four, which we, we can't say no, that. No, I guarantee you, didn't I? Yeah. But they won't finish top four. So we're sitting at the end of the season. All I'm saying is, in my, in my passionate defence is, you know, you've, you've got people that are half full or half empty. And the reality of the situation is that we need around our club to be half full. Yeah. We need the fans to get behind us. We need to talk about the positives. We need to drip, squeeze any positive that we can out of the situation so that we can turn the corner. And this is the time where we, like Poch says or whatever, where we need to stay together. And actually in fight and having a go at each other and you know screaming at each other on Twitter and this, that and the other. It don't help. When you first met me, you probably would think I'm the most optimistic, positive Tottenham fan. Because that's what I generally am. No, I've got my no, notes here no. when I first no, met no, you. Hang nobody, on. They, they think you're obsessed with transfers. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, but they also, think, they also used to think I was a happy clapper. That I was, you know, I, was, I always generally believed, you know, we'd turn it around, whatever. But I always look at things with, with, a, you know, with, a, with some realism as well. And at the moment, the manager has to get results. Has to get results. The Again, I'm not, have having, to I'm not having a go at you, Rick. Nice. Uh, uh, before all, yeah, all yeah. I'm trying to say, all I'm trying to say is that when 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 you're when you're little, when you're a child, and you you know uh, make a wish or you have a dream or whatever it might be, there's nothing wrong with that. And in not. this society now, with, with instantaneous and social media, and people have all their opinions and they can have a go at you all they want, and they can they can make you feel rubbish, and within five seconds. So what? I've still got dreams, and I still think Spurs can win the league, not necessarily this season. But it doesn't matter. I've been waiting in a hundred and thirty-seven years. <laughs> in hundred and thirty-seven years, we've won the top league title twice. I mean, give me a break. In the context of the whole hundred and thirty-seven year history, I can wait another year. I mean, you know, the reality of the situation is when when one more t- year and that's it. If not, we're folded. <laughs> Let me quickly that's ask the though. point, isn't it? It's not just one more year. It's always because we are supporters of the club. 
I completely agree, Lee. And, and actually, I agree with your sentiments, uh, sentiments about uh, the club and having dreams completely. Let me just quickly turn it, though. Is the international break after this weekend? And we're obviously talking about, you know, the negativity, the manager. Can we get the away win, get the monkey off the back and all this? Obviously, how big is this weekend's result? Because if Spurs don't win, then it just means we have to talk about it for a little bit longer. It lingers over like a bad <laughs> hangover. Is it positive? And then you've gone, what's the negative if we don't get the result this weekend? <laughs> No. no, I think I think it's a valid point because yeah. I think Jay said this last week or, yeah, or maybe on the pod uh, it, in in a sense of the, the Everton game, the Red Star game and the Sheffield United game is massive. We've got to go in there. We're getting maximum points. I think you said we've already dropped two. So this is a big game, right? And actually, if I can bring JC in, why I was saying it, because when you are trying to be positive, you know what people are going to be like when it will be, because there'll be no other game to talk about. Oh, we lost that game to Sheffield United. We drew, and then we have to talk about that for two weeks, and it's harder to carry on being positive. Without a doubt. We needed to win Everton for me um, and, and go into it with two wins. But, I mean, we've, this international break, if we don't win Saturday, we'll have gone, what, two points out of 12 or one point out of 12. That's clearly not good enough. Straight after the international break, we got a massive London derby. The first, I think that's the Saturday early kickoff, isn't it? Away Straight well. away, first first off, West Ham. We know what that one's Fair like. Okay, final. We've, we've, won a, final, we've won down the council tip a few times, but it's still a tough game. And when you haven't won away, that becomes another problem. Yep. So we, we need to... We need to put wins together, mate. We need to put wins together, and it's Sheffield United on the weekend, and James Shield from the Sheffield Stars joining joining us next. Love sports. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Got you I, I nearly had him. I nearly oh. had him. This is the opposition view, and it is uh, the Spurs fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with a last word on Spurs: Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen, and Jason McGovern. And I'm delighted to say we are now joined by James Shield from the Sheffield Star and the Sheffield United fan show. James, always when I get to speak to you, it's a real pleasure. It is a massive game on the weekend: Spurs and Sheffield United. We have to take your Sheffield United hat off because. James, this is the Spurs fan show you're on now. They want to know about the game. But from the Sheffield United perspective, they're confident ahead of this one. Yeah, they're very confident. They're unbeaten away from home since January. Uh, and when you consider, obviously, they've been in the top flight since August, I think that's a, that's a pretty decent return. And it goes to show you, or goes to sort of illustrate a little bit of the of the character they've uh, they've got in the squad. So I think we spoke to Chris Wilder this morning. I think they appreciate it's going to be a a tough game, uh, you know, and he spoke sort of quite eloquently and in really respectful terms about Tottenham, but I think the way they've they've started the season, they're sort of quietly confident they can go down there and get something. James, Ricky Sachs here, I hope you're well, thanks for coming on the show. Who would you say for you has been the standout players so far of Sheffield United season? Do you know what, and I've, I made this point actually in the office today, I think it's really difficult to pick one out because what Sheffield United are is a is a team in the true sense of the word. But I think there's been a couple of players who have, who have really caught the eye in recent weeks. John Lundstrom, uh, who scored twice against Burnley last weekend, he's been really important. It's been a great story because he, he couldn't get in the side last year in the Championship, but he's been an ever-present in the in the Premier League. Uh, I think John Fleck as well, uh, the the central midfielder there that they, they picked up from, from Coventry City. He's uh, he's really come into form in the in the last couple of weeks. But with the way Sheffield United play, I think the ones that probably the, the Spurs fans should be looking out for are the, the two outside centre-halves, Chris Basham and Jack O'Connell, and the, the two wing-backs, Ender Stevens and, uh, and George Baldock. Are you surprised yourselves how you've started the Premier League? And, and how nice is it to be to, to change people's perceptions of Sheffield United from the Warnock 
Dave Bassett as long ago as that is. You know, I think the stereotype is, oh, Sheffield United are going to play that way. But you've played some brilliant football. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been one of the one of the great things and one of the really impressive things, to be honest, about Sheffield United is that you, you see an awful lot of teams come up uh, and they sort of park the bus uh, and just sort of look to look to defend. And Sheffield United's defensive record, if you look at them on paper, would would probably suggest that they do that. But they actually do anything but. They've got a, a really sort of pioneering way of playing uh, with the overlapping centre-halves, although they, they have tempered that a little bit since they've, they've gone up. But they've gone into every single game and they've had a go. Uh, and listen, I mean, let, let's, let's take this game at Tottenham, for example. You know, despite the fact I know it's been a bit of an indifferent start for for you guys by your by your own standards there's no point in a team like Sheffield United going down there against the likes of Harry Kane Eriksson Son and, and effectively trying to turn the game into a, a, a training ground exercise of attack and defence because they'll get beat so they've gone into it you know they've gone into every game looking to to really attack the game to try and cause the opposition problems themselves and you're right it's it's been really nice because I think a lot of people do have this perception of Sheffield mm. United as being a a really physical, combative side that's just going to sort of look to lump the ball forward. They're actually playing some really, really good football under Chris. And how good, just on the manager there, James, how good is Chris Wilder for you in terms of how he's managed Sheffield United so far? I mean, he's been spoke of very, very highly, even linked to the Arsenal job. I mean, how good is he for you as a manager? Yeah, I think he's been absolutely excellent. I mean, listen, you look at his track record at Sheffield United, two promotions in three seasons. He's not just achieved success on the pitch. He's actually, in a strange sort of way, achieved success off it because what he did was he inherited a football club in a coma and there's, there's no other way of, of, of describing it. They've been five seasons in League One. He's grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. He's, he's sort of awakened it from that from that deep sleep. But, you know, even before he got to, to Bramall Lane, he's never been sacked in his managerial career, which I think in a profession like, like football management tells you something. And he's achieved success everywhere he's been. Alfred and Town, even starting there, one of the most successful <laughs> periods in their history. Halifax he's never Town, been to Nuneaton Borough, has he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's done that. But, you know, Halifax Town, conference playoff final, a club where players weren't being paid. Oxford United, promoted out of the conference. Northampton Town, saved from relegation. And then promoted from League Two. Again, you know, we're a club with, with huge financial problems. And you look at just what he's done at Sheffield United. So... He's a great Sheffield United man. Everybody knows he's a fan. Everybody knows he's a former player. But I just think he's a damn good manager as well. He's a great attitude, Charlie. He's a great attitude as well, isn't he? I mean, you see some of his interviews. I can't remember which game it was. He come out. I think it might have been against the Liverpool game when you narrowly lost. And he come out and, and I think the the reporter said, oh, you know, you must be really pleased with that. He's like, pleased? We lost. You know, yeah. that, that sort yeah. of attitude. It's kind of like, no, we need to get better. We need to improve. And, and that was after, a, it was a fine display. I know you lost the game. But, you know, his attitude is is all of the right things of, of being a winner, basically. And you've just described him as just that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's what he's done. He, con- he constantly sort of sets challenges for the players. And I think he has to do that because, mm. you know, the minute they get a little bit complacent at this level, even though they're six now, you know, you saw Hull City a few years ago. I think we're in exactly the same position. and ended up just staying up by the skin of the teeth. So yeah. it can it can change really quickly. But, yeah, that, that that's one of the things I like because, you know, we see so much sort of, you know, obsession about image and, you know, let's use all the right buzzwords and the right catchphrases. I think one of the reasons why he's really connected with a with a fan base up here, and I think he would connect with a fan base at any club, is because, you know, he speaks like a fan. Yeah, he, he, he is a fan, isn't he? Like you say, he's a Sheffield United man. 
Absolutely, absolutely right. But you know what? I think if he took over at, at, at Tottenham tomorrow... Uh, Ricky will probably have him, here, to be fair. <laughs> Ricky will probably <laughs> no, have no, him. No, I'm way. happy with Pochettino at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> James, let me put you on the spot. What's your score prediction for the weekend? My score prediction is going to be a... Do you know what? I'm going to go for a one-all draw. One all draw. James, really good uh, to hear from you. James Shield there good from the Sheffield Star. Really, j- such an insightful guy. Really good to hear from him. You know, honest, just like their manager, just like their team. They're up for it. They've got the confidence. Spurs, not so much. I turn my attention to you three in the studio. It's now time for your predictions. Before we get those, Ricky, how do you think the game will play out? I think it will be a tricky game. I think, as you've seen, the last home game against Watford, it wasn't easy. It depends what Tottenham team goes out there for me, depending on how the result goes. If we see a similar team to what played against Red Star Belgrade, I'm confident that once you get back to winning ways in the Premier League and I'll go for a 3-1 win. If we see him revert to type and he plays the likes of Eriksen, Rose, Aurea, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, then I'm going to be honest and say I can see it being a 1-1 draw or even a narrow defeat. Really? It turns like that for you, just it like does, that? yeah, depending on what the selection is. Yeah, I think, if, I say, if he sticks by the selection that he played against Red Star Belgrade, then we've got no reason at all to not be positive. But I think, I say, if he calls back some of the old guard that we know just don't want to be there, I do fear. Mm, Lee? I want to hope uh, on a couple of things. I want to hope yeah. that um, the coaching staff have done their homework on Sheffield United. I want to hope that they're attitude towards them is different to to, to mine was earlier. Um, I, want, uh, I want to make sure that he brings the changes um, into the team that we want to see. I don't want to see the contract rebels in the team. We need to start fast. We need to have play with power and pace and run in behind and run beyond. Um, we need to get Harry Kane into the game very, very quickly and very early on. Um, and I think if we go one up, I think we can go and win, win the game. I, I think we can keep a clean sheet, actually, as well, to be honest, for the, uh, for, for a long time. Uh, and so I'll, I'll go with 2-0. With but what I would say, and I'll caveat that, if we go 1-0 down, toxic atmosphere, I fear for it. I fear if Ericsson's on that team sheet, he's going to be an, a scapegoat. 1-0 down is going to be very, very tough. But I'm positive, and I think if we start off well, which we will, take our good form for midweek, 2-0 Tottenham. Well, Jace, it's over to you. On the last word on Spurs, you're getting the last prediction. How do you think the game will play out and then your prediction? I'll give a prediction with my head, not my heart. We'll make four or five team changes and we'll lose 2-0. Wow. Okay. Just just because the way you're playing at the minute, yep. the side you're seeing we'll, doesn't we'll instill confidence in you. We'll lose that rhythm. The players come in, won't perform. Um, we'll concede that. We'll have a slow start and we'll end up We'll end up con- conceding and, and throwing the game away. Set pieces as well. Toby at set pieces. Sheffield United would have scored with a set piece. Well, I can't end with that. I should have started with you. Yeah, really. Make, make sure you tune <laughs> in for next right. week Sorry, for, the, for the review Nora. of the What's game. Here? <laughs> Sorry, if I would have known Lee, I just really Lee's honest. dream. I should honestly. have ended with Lee, Mr. I'm Positive. I'm crushed. I am, it's like a nightmare in here. It's like not a dream anymore. Uh, I think what's all very clear though, for us. I think what's all very clear for us, though, is that a lot of this game is going to be very highly dependent on the, on the selection. team selection. Yeah. 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 Team selection is key. I absolutely agree with that. Get behind the lads. Up the Spurs. Come, Come on, on, you Spurs. Come on. Come on, Same Come team. on Tottenham. And not one change. <laughs> Either way, we'll be here uh, every week as we always are. Thursday, 7 to 9, when we're talking Spurs with the last word on Spurs. And the important message of tonight is whatever your dreams are, you should always have dreams. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.